Would you consider your own relationship to be more peaceful or less peaceful than your parents' marriage? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 13 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that whether you're doing it consciously or subconsciously, it's time to stop comparing. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. After the death of our matriarch Sarah, life just wasn't the same in the home of Avraham and his son Yitzchak. Not only was Sarah very much missed, but certain miracles that happened in her merit also disappeared with her passing. No longer would the Shabbos candles stay lit from Friday evening to the following Erev Shabbos. No longer would the challah stay fresh all week, and the cloud of glory that hovered above the family tent was no longer present. But they could not grieve forever. Avraham realized that Yitzhak had to move on with his life, and so he sends his trusty servant Eliezer off to Haran to find a wife for his son. Eliezer returns with Rivka, a righteous rose amongst thorns. Of course, Yitzhak was impressed with her extraordinary kindness, but what sealed the deal for the family and demonstrated beyond a doubt that Rivka was the next matriarch were three little miracles that occurred when she appeared. Suddenly, the candles remained from one Erev Shabbos to the next. Once again, the challah stayed fresh all week long, and the cloud of glory miraculously reappeared. Let's look at today's Gemara. Says the Gemara, the following declarations do not bind one with the force of an oath. If one says to his friend, may this food be like ordinary food, or like pork, or like idolatry, or like paganism, or like non-kosher and treif, or like insects and vermin, or like priestly bread and tithes, in all these cases they are still permitted to dine together. If one said to his wife, you are like my mother to me, we seek to annul the declaration, lest he become light-headed in such utterances. Let's analyze the Gemara. None of these items may be eaten because they are forbidden by Torah law. Therefore, it's impossible to extend their prohibition to other items by means of a vow that associates them with those items. Likewise, the man who says to his wife, you are like my mother to me, might appear to prohibit her to him, just as his mother is forbidden to him. But since the prohibition to be with a mother is biblical, the declaration is meaningless. In order that he will not take genuine vows lightly, by rabbinic law this is treated like an actual vow and requires dissolution. But what sort of husband compares his wife to his mother? For better or worse, many people do exactly that, some consciously, others subconsciously. Everybody enters into marriage with certain expectations of his spouse in the marriage. Many of our preconceived notions of how our spouse should be are rooted in our parents' relationship. Whether or not we realize it, we're sizing up our own relationship compared to what we've witnessed and experienced in the past. Does he work as hard as my father? Is she able to multitask like my mother? Is he as good a father as my dad? Is she as calm as my mother? Even when it comes to disagreements, which are a normal part of any relationship, we expect to deal with conflict in marriage in the way that we saw our parents deal with it. If one spouse comes from an argumentative home, while the other comes from a more peaceful home, that can be very confusing. What might be normal conflict resolution for one may feel like World War III to the other. I recall one young lady who was so distraught when she had her first argument with her new husband. 
She'd never seen her parents fight and thought that her marriage must be over. After further discussion, it became clear that her parents had a long-standing policy not to argue in front of the children. And so while she knew that they didn't agree on everything, she'd never really seen them in a state of conflict. Admirable? Certainly. But helpful to their children in terms of understanding conflict and resolution? Not so much. That's not a criticism of their relationship and parenting technique. It's simply an example of where even good relationship examples may be detrimental if a new spouse believes that the model that they've seen is the only right way. Your marriage is a completely new relationship that's never existed before. Your spouse has qualities that your mother or father doesn't have, and your spouse is exactly the right person for you. You have inherited certain character traits from your parents and your spouse from her parents, but together you will accomplish great things. Your spouse is the other half of your soul, an exact fit for you. Your spouse is the other piece of the jigsaw puzzle. She's not your mother. He's not your father. Your spouse is the right other half for you and only you. May you forever appreciate and grow together with your Basharat, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.